Chris again. How are you? Oh my god, listen to this song. It's like off-key. It's a little piano or whatever. You know, I tried to make this catchy, but it's just not, uh... I don't think it's gonna work for me. Ugh. You know, I tried to make it, like, basic, you know. It's not really, uh, it's not doing it for me. And then, like, this is, like, the drum roll at the end here. Watch. I don't know. Anyways, well, uh, there's 50 seconds. We'll never get back again. <laughs> well, welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy with Chris Cavender. It's been a while since I recorded one, but you guys will have no idea because I'm going to release this at the same time as the other ones. So it'll be like, woo! Anyway, so it's been like about, uh, I don't know, about a month, maybe a month and a half since the last time I recorded. And I have whew, been through a lot. Uh, I ended up like getting like two new jobs and then, you know, quitting, basically quitting, I guess you could say. Most of them. All of them. Because I don't work anywhere right now. And, uh, you know what, uh, anyways, so basically, uh, it's so hard to talk about, you know, and here we are, I'm trying to do this work with you, and, and here I am, I'm having trouble, um, expressing, you know, just facts, just like linear facts that happened in my life over the past, you know, month and a half, two months. Basically, I had quit one job for a different place, and then another place I started working at just because I thought it would be cool. And then this place that I thought would be cool offered me a promotion, so I left. Un so I left both. The other two jobs are gone now, and then I just have this one job. And then you know, it's just crazy because like the money was pretty good, but I was working, uh, you know, ungodly hours. I don't think doctors do as many hours as I was doing. I swear to God, in six days I did like 120 hours. Like I literally did 20 hours a day for almost a week straight. And like even on my day off, I still went in and cleaned the fucking bathrooms because I have no spine. I don't know. I just wanted to do such a good job and it seemed like everything I did wasn't enough. So anyways, I'll rewind a little bit. I had um I don't know what the technical term for it is. I brought it up with my therapist because I'm going back to therapy now officially. Uh, maybe that's why I haven't been recording because I've been like, well, I'm doing the work on my own, but I feel like that's selfish and I want to share with you. So I had a, like an anxiety episode. Uh, basically it's kind of like a PTSD flashback. Um, anyways, that's like the term my dad used, my father used to, uh, describe it. And I thought it was interesting because that's a pretty decent way. Basically, um, I get like really anxious and then my arms go numb and I get, ice in my stomach and uh I can't function I can't even think straight and it doesn't look like anything's wrong with me but uh yeah I feel like I'm gonna die and uh I if I don't tell anybody that I'm going through this nobody even sees it and it's it's like crippling and then people think I'm just like I don't know, being lazy or trying to sleep it off or, I don't know, like, trying to hide from reality. But it fucking, like, ice in my stomach feels like there's, like, pins and needles in my arms. And I feel like I'm going to be stuck that way for the rest of my life. I, I don't see an end to it. 
And then finally, when that feeling passes over and I start to, you know, regain feeling in my limbs and my stomach warms up a little bit, I cry. I fucking weep like a baby for like a good hour or so. And then like, then the agoraphobia sits in and I'm afraid to leave the house because I'm afraid it's going to, any, any little thing is going to bring on another attack and, uh, it's fucking difficult. So I, that happened in a week where I had set up a phone call with, uh, with like a development executive about a show I was trying to pitch. So I was literally in the throes of this anxiety attack while I was on the phone with this uh, exec and he had no idea <laughs> for sure, but I was so nervous and uh, I can't believe I was able to do it because it's like weird that I was able to force myself to function. But then after that, I was like, I couldn't even speak. And uh, the show is actually about mental mental illness. And it was like so weird. I just wanted to be like, look, I'm having an attack right now. And I think this is why I'm the best person to tell this story. And you should uh, buy my idea and hire me to help run it because uh, I'm shitting my pants right now. And I'm still able to do this. Oh. Oh man, it was fucking nuts. Anyways, and then, uh, then literally, I couldn't go into work for the next three days because I was I was so fearful of bringing on another attack. Like if that happened while I was driving, fuck that, bro. I'd fucking crash a car or something, you know. Um, but I guess I have some sort of like uh, instinct, like survival instinct that it, it wouldn't set off while I was driving. I don't know. Uh, so that was one attack, and then it happened again a few weeks later. It was my son's birthday, and everybody was coming over. And, uh, you know, me and my family, we eat plant-based. Uh, I don't like saying vegan because I feel like that has, like, a weird connotation to it. It's either, like, you get, like, two things. You're like, oh, you're super healthy or, oh, you're super nutritionally deficient. You know, it's like, well, it, it, one stereotype is right and the other one isn't. So just choose one and stick with it. Stop making fun of me for being healthy and then, you know, making me feel stupid because I probably have a nutritional deficiency. You know, I fucking don't. Anyways, whatever. Um, so it was my son's birthday, and I, I just had one again. But uh, this time I was like, I refuse to go down without a fight. So I just started, like, busying myself and doing shit. And eventually it passed, and I, I cried, but I didn't cry in front of everybody. Because it's my kid's birthday, dude. He's four years old. It's not about me. It's not about daddy being sick. It's about him and everybody who loves him and showing up and seeing him and you know, showering him with presents and celebrating who he is. It's not about my problem with veganism and feeling like I'm forcing that on everybody because they came to my house and, you know, we just cooked what we eat, you know. Anyways, and, like, I'm forcing them to eat vegan. It's like, I don't care about that. It's just my kids get the shits if we eat milk. And it began from there. So we don't eat tofu either. So you can make fun of me for not eating tofu, but they get the, we get the shits if we eat soy. So yeah, there was another attack, uh, but that one was easier to navigate. Um, I also feel like it was easier to navigate because I had upped my medication about 10 milligrams uh, because that's what my psychiatrist told me to do. He was like, yo, if you start to feel like you're going down, well, uh, take uh, two pills instead of one and then you'll be fine. Well, not then you'll be fine, but and then call me. So that's what I ended up doing. I called him. I set up another meeting, anyways. But it was scheduled to be after 
my son's birthday. And then, so to bring it back to, uh, to about the jobs, uh, so I was working at this place and it was going well. And now here, uh, we have like this, it's a fucking busy restaurant, dude. Like it's, it's not like insanely, it's not the busiest restaurant I've ever worked in, but it was pretty fucking slammed. Uh, like I was able to do Grand Prix and I was able to, you know, get through all the busy Montreal festival things. And then it was just like a regular Friday night where I just felt like it was too much. Uh, and I was getting shit on a lot. And it just set one off, another fucking anxiety attack. And I was like, fuck, not again. So I tried to explain to my supervisors uh, that that I, what I was going through. And it just didn't end up, end well. There was a lot of, uh, like, they're trying to, like, what, uh, I don't know if they felt like I was bluffing or I was, like, you know, like, I fucking, like, cried in front of other people. Like, you know, it's not normal. I've never done that, like, fucking weeped in front of, like, other employees oh god it was humiliating definitely one of the worst experiences of my life and all this time i was going through a motherfucking panic attack uh but thank god i ended up you know going back into therapy the next week or whatever you know anyways and i was just trying to exercise like my my uh my psychotherapy homework for that week which was saying no and it basically my no was not accepted and it was like i had to like basically i guess you could say quit because I would, they would not let me go home to just like recuperate. It was just like, no, you're going back on the floor. I'm like, bro, I can't even feel my fucking fingers. Like, how do you want me to serve tables and manage at the same time? Fuck that. Like, I'm going home. And it was like, well, no, you're not. Well, it's like, I guess then I have to fucking quit. You know, it's so stupid. It just, it just sucks because it wasn't something that needed to happen, and it did. Uh, but I gotta say I'm a bit more relieved now, um, because of, you know, I hadn't taken a vacation in five, six years, and I've just been working every day since. I mean, yeah, I took some time off when my kids were born, uh, but that's not really a vacation, that's like learning, uh, like learning how to grow a human, like their first weeks of life, it's not, it's not a vacation. You don't even sleep. Um, yeah, so, yeah, keeping you guys in the loop with me. Um, so then I was like, ah, oh, man, I just need to, you know, focus on what I'm doing in life and maybe maybe things will start to look up. And uh, to be honest, man, I don't feel that much happier anyway. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to focus on on, like, doing stuff in which I find joy in. And uh, I feel like I've lost confidence over the past month and a half because of uh, the attacks I've had to endure. I know I say like it's a fucking joke, but it fucking sucks, man. Like I'm suffering, you know, I'm fucking suffering from a dumb thing that nobody can see. It's like an it's like fighting an invisible army of fucking depression, negativity. Oh, God, it sucks, dude. Um, but yeah, so I've like lost like basically all my confidence and like somebody called me and started speaking French to me on the phone and I just convinced myself that I couldn't understand them because I'm English because that's how I define myself. You know, I'm English. I'm defined by being English. I don't understand you. And like, then I'm like, how the fuck am I going to keep a job if I can't even understand French if somebody calls me on the phone? But that's just me telling myself some fucking immediate thought bullshit that I have to see through. But in the fucking moment, I just loop into like this negative fucking circle and it's hard to get me out of it. And that's why I love my wife 
because she's my best friend and she could fucking pick up on that. To me, I'm just like, oh, I'm a fucking moron. I'm dumb. And then she's like, yo, smart enough. And I'm like, I right, thanks. So then I was like, oh, God, I got to do something. Something I got to do. Uh, so I've been running lately, which is fucking fantastic. And it gives me an opportunity to clear my head, get some physical activity, which is always good for you. And um, fucking just like legit run away from the world uh, for like 20 minutes. And it doesn't take long, right? Like I think I listen to like five songs while I'm out there. Uh, And it's just amazing. And I love it. And I'm doing it. And then, uh, then so I'm like, okay, that's something I like to do, you know, playing with my kids. I love doing that, you know. So I've been doing all these little activities, and I was like, man, you know what? I got to get back on the horse and record another podcast because they do make me feel good. Even though I was doing them and I was going down on my medication, I felt like I was going the right way in life. And then, you know, sometimes shit doesn't work the way you want. So I was looking at my notes and uh, I wanted to do, uh, I had some notes about this episode for identity. And uh, yeah, so I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm going to do that one. Um, so I'm going to try and like stagger through this a little bit um, and then see like how it goes. So this is it. This has been the longest introduction uh, ever for Cheaper Than Therapy. It was like a 14 minute introduction. But look. If this is going to be the third episode, so if you're listening to it, you're listening to it the whole way through. You know what I mean? Hopefully. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, so uh, this is it. This is uh, Cheaper Than Therapy, episode three, Identity. Uh, yeah. I see, like, I started as if, like, I'm just going to, like, go right in, and I don't. I just, because I just feel like it's weird uh, to talk. So, yeah, anyways. Uh, yeah, so I love my wife, dude. Like, um, she's she's amazing. And, uh, like when I'm fucking feeling down in the dumps, you know, she'll look at me and just say these like crazy insightful things that I don't even know if she knows are insightful. Uh, like even today she just looked at me and she said, you only die once, but you live every day. And my mind was blown. And then I'm like in my head, like, could she just like come up with that on her own? I think I heard that somewhere before well i heard you only die once or no you only live once so i heard yolo not like yodo sounds like a bad star wars character and then so i asked her i'm like yo where did you hear that and you know what she said she said a snoopy and charlie brown meme i swear to god man This goddamn world we live in. Do we even um, have our own thoughts? You know, like, are we capable of coming up with genuine individual insights? Or are we just regurgitating an interesting quote uh, we saw, you know, superimposed over a classic cartoon that's been you know, bastardized by the internet, you know, is there such a thing as me? Who am I? What comes from me and what comes from what I've learned? Uh, Now, I'm not saying that my wife is just, you know, uh, regurgitating content 
that she took in and repackaging it as, you know, insight. But there's something interesting there. It's like a thing. We're humans, and we do this. Scholars did it with, like, uh, I guess you could say, like, uh, people who went to school. Scholars. What am I defining that? Everybody knows what that is. Uh, they did it with, like, philosophy books, and we're doing it, you know, instead, today, we're doing it with JPEGs covered in, like, a barely a sentence of a text. You know, times change, but I'm no different. For instance, um, I read a quote can't even tell you where it's from, and when I googled it, I couldn't find uh, who originally said it, so I'm just, like, leaving it up to you listeners to fact-check me on it. Yeah. Uh, but this quote I'm using is coming off of a Reddit thread, uh, and it says, The first thought that goes through your mind is what you've been conditioned to think. Semicolon. What you think next defines who you are. Now, I think that is so true. But why? Is it because most of the time my, I don't know, initial reaction disgusts me? And then to justify it, I need something someone else said uh, that excuses my poor, raw behavior and then pinpoints my guilt that rushes in immediately afterwards as a sign of my decency. I mean, the mere fact that I can't even figure out who said this is a sign that we don't have our own identity anymore, technically. But if we're going to take this quote as truth, let's say, uh, because I, I think I will. It feels pretty true. It resonates with me. Um that our, then, then does that mean that our identity has been stuffed down? You know, is it like pushed below? Um, is it pushed below our, I don't know, like our subconscious or unconscious? Is it pushed below that? Is that where our identity lies now? You know, um, is it, if something's been taught to us, is that mean it's something we've been conditioned to think? Is that what our personality is now? Like, is our personality a front to protect our individuality in order to survive without, you know, conflict socially? And when we say, wow, that person has a great personality, do we just mean that they're more, uh, they just have more individuality than their front? Or is it like subconscious acknowledgement that their front is amazing? You know, it's like, wow, John's pretty ugly, but his personality, he ignores the shit out of how ugly he is. I don't know. <sighs> you know, I, I get like uh, the visual of two soldiers, you know, one is wearing a metal plated armor and the other dresses in like canvas. You know, and they're complimenting each other's outfits. Oh, yeah, you're looking good today. And then one gets cut down immediately, uh, and the other, you know, lives to see another day. Huh. Anyways, so am I being conditioned to believe that I am my thoughts? Well, we're more than that, right? A thought isn't, uh, is, it, 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 a thought isn't an action, right? So if we base our individuality on our actions, 
then maybe we free ourselves from the concept that our thoughts are our personality. You know, what is a thought? Does it originate from my personality or does it come into my head as a form of policing my existence? Again, I'm sounding like a teenager on, you know, the marijuana. But goddamn, it's something I, and I, I can't figure it out. I do consider that part of my identity, though. Like, I ask existential questions that probably don't necessarily need answers. And I do this mainly because science hasn't solved what, you know, reality is. And I only go there because of this sort of orientation presentation I went with to my uh, with my wife, you know, when she got accepted into health science program at Dawson College in Montreal. And the guy who was running this orientation was asking this theater full of 17-year-olds to solve the mystery that is consciousness. So science hasn't really defined it yet. So that's a part of our existence that is still like an unknown factor in our life experience. And is that what consciousness is? Our shared life experience. What about our inner selves? You know, like our inner lives. The root of our personality. Our true selves. That thing inside us all that sparks an action or a behavior. I guess like religious and spiritual people would call it a soul, right? <clears throat> so is that what our personality is? Like what our individuality is defined as? This and this like um, intangible idea of one's self, which exists nowhere except in our minds. You know, there's something interesting there that I don't have the answer to. But if you think you do, please drop me a line. Send me um, like an NP3 of you explaining this to me. And, you know, I am so happy to open a dialogue about it because clearly I'm confused. But yeah, uh, the idea of one's self is a big one for me. Um, we all have an idea of like, you know, what we are or what we should be. Um, I guess that's like ego or whatever. And something I've learned uh, through therapy was not to let that idea define whether or not you are thriving in life, you know, or even falling short of your expectations. And if you have an idea of what your personality should be, and it upsets you that you aren't doing what you think you should be doing, then you're going about it the wrong way. Look at your actions, then try to come at them from an objective point of view. And I guess this is why I find truth in that quote uh, where, you know, our first thoughts are what we're conditioned to think while the thought that comes after is our true personality. Example, say I'm working in a restaurant. I drop or break a plate. Um, I And then I immediately think, you know, I'm a bad worker because it was clumsy of me. Well, is that what I've been conditioned to think? Because now that I'm stepping out of the situation and trying to look at it from like an objective or neutral perspective, I think, man, I was working so hard that I got sweaty palms and a heavy ass plate that I've carried thousands of times today because we use the same plates for every dish it slipped out of my hands. And I mean, it'll happen eventually. It follows along the curve of what I expect a statistic to mean. Uh, you know, if that statistic is about how many times I rush around a restaurant with a plate in my hands before I drop one. 
So I'm not a bad employee. I'm a great employee who dropped one plate out of like 1,000 because that day I served, you know, 500 customers or 500 tables. No, that's a lot of fucking people, 100 customers, whatever. And some of them got, you know, you'd run like that many plates in one day. I'm sure I've run 1,000 plates in one day. So then, you know, you're going to drop one eventually, dude. You're not a bad worker. And just because, you know, the owner or the manager is stressed and they throw that shit at you, it's like, fuck off, dude. Like, nobody has the right to make anybody feel like shit for, you know, dropping a goddamn plate. It's so, so shitty. But in the moment, you'll take anything as an excuse to shut down because it's a hard job. Anyways, that's an interesting thought, though. You know, do I really define my personality on whether or not I'm performing as an employee, as someone's worker? Like, literally the owner of whatever establishment I'm working at would probably try to get me to work for free if they could. In fact, as a waiter, you're asked to come in 15 minutes before the shift starts, before you start getting paid, and to set up your section in the restaurant. That's expected. So, I've already worked for fucking free. Way more than anybody else. So then, you know, what is free labor? What is it? What is free labor? Is it slave labor? So now I'm asking myself, why do I even let myself go that low in defining my identity? Do I validate myself based upon others' opinions of me versus the profits I'm generating for them? That is sick. The whole idea of the workforce is sick, you know, but boom, that's like another episode though. You know what I'm saying? So now that I've established um, what I don't need to define me, what action can I take to make sure that this idea is put into reality? Maybe I should rephrase that. Um, I know what I don't like about myself, but now I need to find what I want to like about myself and inch towards that goal. Like if I want to be good at something, I first have to understand it. Um, you know, like, um, editing video. When I decided I wanted to pursue acting full-time, you know, be an actor, I knew that I may have some trouble getting hired because, you know, everybody does. So I have some sort of, like, ingrained anxiety about job interviews already. And, you know, how do actors get hired? An audition, which is basically a job interview. So yeah, you know, I'm working on that anxiety, but it takes time. It's been fucking 10 years, bro, and I'm still feeling it. Either way, I work a very average amount for a local Montreal actor, but if I want to be better at something, I gotta do it more often. Then the idea was obvious to me. I had to, like, you know, create my own work, and if anyone was gonna see this work of mine, I had to make it accessible to as many people as possible. Theater? Yeah. (laughs) Theater's fun, but it takes a lot of work to go out and see a live show, and you know what? people do a lot of interneting like watching videos on the net you know what I mean Uh, even though most of it's garbage I mean it's super accessible so that means what I needed to do was make a video and then I started to work backwards from that idea that means I need to know how to post a video on the internet and in order to have a video finished and ready to be posted I would have to learn how to edit wow that is scary when I thought of editing video I thought of like complicated computer stuff that is impossible to understand but wait oh is that just my first thought is this what i've just been conditioned to think hmm let me google that and see how easy it is to edit video next thing you know 
I'm taking notes from a YouTube tutorial for iMovie that's been posted by a 10-year-old. Huh. So throughout that particular process, I had something I wished to define me as a person. Didn't have a way to put it into action. Figured out a way uh, that appealed to me to reach this, like, goal of mine. And when all was said was, <laughs> and when all was said and done, I'm able to do it. And it turns out it's easy. And guess what? Look at me now, professional actor. I've got dozens of views on YouTube. <laughs> you know, which you could define as failure or whatever. But I mean, I did what I wanted. I enjoyed the process of doing it. And when I put it out there, it was accelerating. <laughs> Sometimes people bring these videos up and they laugh. So, you know. They're nerdy, dorky. Uh, I wanted these things to be funny, and in the end, they they are. Uh, and it's uh, a little bit cringy now that I look at it. But, you know, we all laugh and cringe together. So, funny how time brings out the honesty in people. Like, you know, posting some of these videos. Nobody told me, like, you know, well, it's not that funny. And now they're like, yeah, that's terrible. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Where was this fucking honesty when I posted it? Ah, whatever. It's okay. It's all love. You just want to support the people around you doing things they like, right? Because that, I guess, is how we share happiness. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I've never had that problem. <laughs> like, <coughs> like the problem, uh, I guess, is not a problem. But I've never, like, felt uh, like I had to tell a white lie to a person in front of me to feel more at ease. I guess it's a way to avoid confrontation. Um I don't think I'm afraid of confrontation because, you know, when it comes, my anxiety kicks in and I'm like, shit, my problem is like, I'll say my first thought or if we're sticking to that quote, what we've been conditioned to think. And then the thought that comes after uh, what I said, which is apparently my true self, you know, showers me with guilt. <laughs> Am I right to assume that if you're a good person, if you lie to my face on that note? Like, are you a good person if you're lying to me? Or if you immediately tell me the issue at hand and offer uh, to help come up with a solution, are you a better person? You know, like, does this even exist? Are these uh, behaviors and actions showing our true personality? Or is it just us behaving the way we were conditioned to behave? <laughs> oh, God. You know what? My response to both of those questions is yes. Yeah, you're a good person if you're lying to me or if you're challenging me. Because in the end, it's the way you do stuff that communicates your intentions, right? So it's like maybe our personality has nothing to do with what we say, think, or do. Uh, but the way it's done, right? The execution. Uh, when you tell someone they have a good personality, you're just saying, I like the way you do shit. I can live with that. You know, because the way stuff is done can't really be defined. Or oh, it can only be, like, described, right? I don't know what I mean by that, but it sounds smart. So, my identity isn't necessarily who I am, but how I am. Huh. Maybe that's why people say, hey, hey how are you? You know, not, who are you? Jesus Christ. Is that life? I don't know. And if you don't like it, you know what? Go for it. Nice. You don't like it. Yeah, good for you. Because you know what? That's not the truth for you. It's not the truth for everyone. But it's my truth. And if you don't like it, drop me a line. 
this is the third episode. This is the, th- the, 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 the third one I'm launching with. And um, from here on out, I'd like to do a little bit more of like an interactive thing. So maybe there'll be like a section in every episode where, you know, I'm, I'm play back some of your MP3s you send me and, and we talk about them. Or I can even invite you on the show because clearly I hope I don't come off as pretentious, you know, because it's really not the way I am. Anyways, so, uh, yeah, drop me a line. Whoa, sounds interesting, bro. Let's talk about our emotions. God, it's so hard to do. Uh, I'm going to put this out, and every time I've made fun of somebody for having a poetry Facebook page or whatever the fuck, it's going to come right back into my face and slap me. And you know what? I'm ready for it. I deserve it. So wait. What is this? Am I wrapping up the episode now? Yeah, fuck it. Whatever. Personality? Identity? Personal identity? I don't know. Maybe we should all just shut the fuck up and stop trying to be the center of our own worlds. (laughs) Is that a hypocritical thing to say when all I've done is talk about myself for like half an hour? Yeah, probably. But that's my identity, baby. Don't tread on me. <laughs> I don't know. That's like a bad bumper sticker. Let's just leave it at that. It's like a bad bumper sticker. And uh, then I'm going to cue the bad music. Please, somebody help me with my music. It sucks. Uh, and I'm too lazy to do anything about it myself. Anyways. Thanks for checking in with me today, guys. Fucking nice to vent. Maybe talk to you. I don't know. This is all in the future that I'll be like able to actually correspond with people. Until now, I will live with the fear uh, of posting this and trying to figure out how to put a podcast up. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, this is Chris Kavner signing off. And this has been Cheaper Than Therapy. Uh, and I have actual therapy on Wednesday. So I'll see you later, doctor. Oh, is that a pathetic way to end it or what? I don't know. I just kind of want to talk over the music so that it doesn't sound uh, so terrible. Except for that, like, drum roll at the end that you're going to hear. Ugh. I'm sorry, world. I just want to make cool shit. You know? That's all I want to (laughs) do. Hopefully this is cool. Thanks for listening.